that we've said the worst things. But I just wanted to get a few things straight. Dad said that it would be me. If we want to hold on to this company for us, we have to go into battle with our own version of the future with the king. We're going to cut shit close to the bone. We're going to get right fucking in there. It's going to get nasty. Okay, buckle up. You're listening to Let's Talk, a bi-weekly supplement to our regular podcast because you watched where we talk movies, films and cinema or whatever we're obsessed with at the moment. As always, I'm Charlie. Francesco can't join us at the moment, so I want to introduce our guest host, friend of the podcast, Antonia Strafford-Taylor. Hello, that's me. How are you doing, Antonia? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Nice. I think today's topic of conversation falls very squarely in the whatever we're obsessed with at the moment camp because... Mm -hmm. Whatever I'm obsessed with, always. Well, that's true. We always check with you mm-hmm. before we t- <laughs> before we choose an episode. But today, I think for the first time, we are not talking about films. We're talking about a TV show. Television. It's my favorite TV show at the moment, mm-hmm. or was until this morning. <laughs> and it's Antonia's favorite TV show absolutely, forever. Absolutely forever. That yes. we are talking about Succession. Yes. So, Antonia, why don't you tell our listeners what you did last night? What I did last night? Well, first, I had some noodles for dinner, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, I mean, we can do. What were the noodles? Just some pad thai. It that was nice. nice. It was nice. Chicken, tofu? Chicken and prawn. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was good. They didn't have any peanuts on it, though. And I guess that's for allergy. Not from, I'm not allergic. Maybe other people in the restaurant were. I don't know. So, I understand, but... It is better with peanuts on, so okay. it felt lacking in that department. But did, otherwise, did you have a soft drink? Could you go with water? I had a Coca Cola oh, because nice. I needed some caffeine and sugar for the event I was about to embark on. And what was it? <laughs> it was only the uh, BFI screening of the last ever episode of Succession. And what time did it start? The event started at midnight. There was an hour-long Q and A sort of talk thing with. Jesse Armstrong, and it later transpired most of the writer's room that he then brought on stage, a half-hour break, and then swiftly commencing the episode live at the same time it's aired in the US, which on UK soil is two in the morning. So did you have fun at this screening at the BFI? I had a lot of fun, yes. At two in the morning. I did, yes. I had a lot of fun. Stocked up on Aid and fizzy gummy worms, as we've discussed. Um, had too many of both of those and felt a little bit sicky, but I needed it to get me through and keep me awake because staying out till four in the morning is fine if you're on a night out, but it's different when you're sat in a very comfy seat. BFI seats are very comfy, by the way, I've learned, um, in a nice, cosy, kind of warm, dark room. Well, I, I told you about the all nighter a few of us did at the Prince Charles. You did. And I didn't Fionn listen. fell asleep immediately. Immediately? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So it, it is It is a weird one. It's difficult. Do you think I can fairly ask you what you thought of the episode without asking as much about what the experience of watching it was like? Ooh. Um, you can try. I can't say that my answer's going to be great, but that's, that's very much a me problem. Oh, what else problem. is new? Okay. Okay, so what do, you think <laughs> of the ep- what do you think of the final ever episode of Succession? I think I loved it. I think I did. 
I'm trying to separate my experience watching it because I did love that. The ambiance and atmosphere in the room. Very good. So it's hard to separate the two things because, as I say, <laughs> I watched it as it aired. Very special occasion. I think even apart from that, I still would have really, really enjoyed it, I believe. In my bones. Was it very different? You usually watch them with your mum. I do, yeah. Was it very different watching it in a room full of people? Hmm. I mean, I'm sure it was, but yeah. what were the most noticeable differences? Less shrieking. Um, because You controlled yourself. Yeah, me and my mum, we shriek, laugh at things. Just sort of scream. I won't do it for fear of blowing out the microphone, but, um, you know, just sort of like a, a witchy cackle that my dad describes as delicately wafting up the stairs and piercing his eardrums. And also, there was no pausing, whereas when I watch it with my mum, I will regularly pause it and tell her what's just happened, or pause it and go, did you spot that? And then I'll explain rapidly what I think is happening. So you me. do a sort of impromptu commentary when you watch it with I your do, mum. yes, I do. That must be really relaxing for her to watch things. She, she requests it. <laughs> because she doesn't always follow what's going on, so she does say like if there's if something big's happened and, and like pause it and tell me. Is she not on Succession TikTok constantly? Like um, my are? mother is not on TikTok at all, believe it or not. Your mum and me is very similar in that respect. You're similar in a lot of ways, Charlie. Yeah, that's true. Don't have TikTok. I rely on you to send me TikToks. Yeah, which I think is the best way to do it because if you're on it, you have to wade through all the other shit to get to the shit that you wanted to see. The best TikToks will find their way to Twitter eventually. Eventually, yeah. But you know, even, you're behind the curve by that point. You know what I hate? YouTube shorts. Yeah, they can get in the bin. Yeah, and like, I can't block stuff. I end up just getting like a bunch of right-wing stuff. Oh dear. It's like, I'm interested in history. I'm not interested in history. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like Conroy. Well, no, Conor Roy was interested in politics from a very young age. And in Napoleon history. That's true. That's Napoleon, isn't it? So, now that we've had a bit of a preamble, mm-hmm. why don't we get into the episode, but also Succession more broadly. This okay. will, unfortunately, this episode will have spoilers for all of Succession. <laughs> all of it, every single We're, we're not covering every episode, but the point is, like, we may just scramble and reference stuff from mm-hmm. all over. We have had a long and storied history of watching Succession mm-hmm. and then having very long rambling phone mm-hmm. calls about every minute detail. Every tiny speck of information within it, yes. And I have enjoyed that immensely. As have I. As have I. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And <laughs> this was sort of the rare incident. This is the first ever episode of Succession that you watched before me. Yeah, it is. You always watch them before me, don't you? And before, because you watched, was it the first two series entirely before I'd ever started it? And then I, st- I then, watched season three weekly and you were always waiting for your mum. Yeah, which was so I would watch it bi-weekly because I have the opposite of a binge-watching problem where I like to eke everything out as long as possible in a sort of masochistic kind of manner where if there's a cliffhanger, I like to salivate over it until I am gagging for it. Thank you, Antonia. You're welcome, Charlie. Yeah, so a lot of our conversations have relied on you reminding me what was on the thing that mm-hmm, I watched months mm-hmm. ago. But they were very good conversations, nonetheless. And I think that it has in no small part led to me keeping my very intense interest in succession alive, even when it's not currently airing. Yeah. So thank you for that. You're, you're so welcome. It's an honour. <laughs> so what have you liked about succession in, in the time that you've watched all Ooh. these seasons? Even before season four, what even before season four, made yeah. you think this is a show that is going to be an important part of Mm. my cultural life. Yeah. 
I made that sound very pretentious. You what, did. What, what I'm really you asking did. is, what do you like about the what show? Like about but, the show? But, but I think it is a bit with you at least. It does seem to be a bit deeper that you are it's, quite obsessive I about am it. Quite, I am quite and certain with and it. certain characters. <laughs> the women. Um, we'll get to that in a second. No, so when I didn't bother watching it for ages because I had an impression of it as being a sort of finance show for finance bros. Did um, you think it was suits? Yeah. Yes, I pretty much thought it was suits with like maybe slightly higher quality, but like generally yeah. suits. And then our friend Vita, Vita Fox, told me she watched it. And I thought, ah, oh, well, okay, and pitch it to me. And then she, she managed to turn me around it by saying, pitch, by pitching to me specifically what she thought I would like about it, not the general shtick. To be fair, if, you, if someone knows you and it's there, it is a very easy It's an thing. easy recommendation for me, but nobody prior had fully... Had, 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 had said. So what did she, how did she phrase it? Scheming. I love a scheme. I know. You love doing schemes I and love, you love watching I people scheme. I love doing schemes and I love... We've done a few schemes. So many schemes and hijinks. Remember she when we said, broke the housing market? Shush! Anyway, I was only on. in year six then. That's true. It's a scheme ahead of my time. Yeah, so she, so she, she pitched schemes, backstabbing, um, it being really funny. She mentioned about it being from the Rice of Peep show to some degree. Yeah. Which I, I never even knew. And I thought, oh, shit, it was probably, it was probably actually funny then. And then, crucially, she says, Antonia, there's some horrible women in there. Which, as we all know, is your thing. Yeah, that's my... I think to call it a kink would be uh, too shallow. I think it's your type. It's my type in, in, not, in, in a, quite a philosophical regard. In a, it's, it transcends the realm of... of Attraction. Yes. It, of, it includes it. Of, of it, course. <laughs> it's sort of... Maybe it's your lifeblood? It's my lifeblood. It's your essence? It's the elixir of life to me, yeah. Just stuff like uh, Death Becomes Her. Mm. Uh, chicken Run. Chicken Run. <laughs> but not the chickens. No, no, Mrs. Tweedy. Adam's Family Values. Yeah. God, Debbie Jelinski. Um, Harriet Walter in The Last Duel. Mm-hmm. Harriet, Harriet Walter, Walter in, in Sense Succession. and Sensibility. And in Succession, of course. Just any character Harriet Walter plays. Harriet Walter, yeah. I don't know if there's a female character on Succession mm-hmm. that you either, not even dislike, that you don't have some level of joy when you see. Mm. The women on Succession are by no means monolithic. No. But, because there is like a huge spectrum ranging from, say, Rava mm-hmm. to Kerry. <laughs> yeah. From Jerry to Marsha. Indeed. And I genuinely think you like all of them. Yeah. You know what? I'd be inclined to agree. I can't immediately think of one that I don't in in some way. Oh, uh, Sandy. Sandy's Sandy. Daughter, uh, Sandy. Yes, yeah, Sandy with an I. Mm. Sorry, Sandy mm-hmm. with an I. Yes, with an I. I don't think she has as many moments of being. She's not in it enough to really. And m- most of her scenes, she's upstaged by Stewie. Mm-hmm. Who Stewie yeah. is a very mean woman. Stewie is a mean girl. Yeah. But he's a boy. Yeah, he's, he's, a, a, mean he's, girl. A, he's a mean girl. Yeah, he's yeah. a little bitch. Yeah, and we love him for that. Yeah, absolutely. So do you mind if I just quickly? Ch- but yeah, it, it, it's always <laughs> it's always fascinated me how you have just zeroed in on a lot of these characters, mm-hmm. not just in succession, in a lot of things. But mm. you do love a mean lady. I love a mean lady. I love a mean lady. I think let women be evil. It's fine when women do it. And the thing is, I am here for for two broadly camps of horrible women I love the Mrs Tweedies where they are evil there's no backstory that woman just hates chickens um, and they let that be it's like we don't, we don't need to make it tragic we don't need to make her scorned she's just that woman just wants to make money off chicken pies and she'll stop at nothing to do it okay and what's the other camp of horrible woman 
I don't, I don't mind a horrible one that's a woman scorned. I'm not against that. I think it has to be done right. And I'm sure there are examples I can think of where it pisses me off. And maybe, I think maybe, it's maybe, when... maybe wronged rather than scorned. Scorned kind of implies like it's specifically by mm, a lover, okay. usually like a male lo- mm-hmm. lover. And like that, that's definitely a part of it. But I think more, you know, think... the limitations of society have made them that way, for example. Mm, I think it's when, and I think hacks is a good example of something that doesn't do this, where you have an abrasive, horrible woman... And it does delve into some depth there. It does kind of explain some of her horribleness. And it kind of softens her up in some ways, but she still makes, she crucially still maintains the acerbic core, even if there's like a bit more that you get to her and, and you do see a softer side. It's not like they've completely, you know, un- yeah. undermined it and the, the two well, things can exist at once. Well, t- taken outside of gender, that's what you're describing is the difference between a straight up villain and an anti villain or a sympathetic villain. Mm-hmm. And being sympathetic doesn't mean they have to be nice. No. And that's something the succession does really well because none of Indeed. these characters are nice. Mm-hmm. Except maybe Brava, because she is, needs to just get the hell out of there. True. I mean, I do. the one thing I would say is she did at some point marry Kendall Roy. So it, there's something in there that I'm like, he can't have been, he can't have changed personality completely since she met him. So what did you see in him in the first place? But that's, you know. That's by the by. That's, that's speculation. Okay. We can talk about, you know, the wronged women in mm-hmm. succession and it's a major oh, and I do. And it's a major plot point mm-hmm. of seasons two and three. Indeed. But are there any truly evil women that you love watching in succession? Because none spring to mind immediately. I don't think I don't think evil, no. No. Evil I don't think any like, of them are. I think the only person that Horrid, is, yes. That is gen- only character. Mm-hmm. that is genuinely villainous mm-hmm. and takes huge amounts of pride in mm-hmm. sort of reveling in that is Logan. Yeah. And, and even, even then. He, even he is not without sympathetic moments no. and a sympathetic backstory. Indeed, indeed. That doesn't feel shoehorned in. No, not at all. But I think he is the closest to, you know, a cartoon villain. Mm-hmm. And in part because the character of Logan has made that how he wants to appear yes, to the that, world. Yes, that, that's how he, he wants to be perceived by everybody so else. So even that is more complex. That's the image he's projecting. Would a character that was just evil work in a show which does have extremely think... layered and complex character? Is it the style of the show just sort of precludes it? I don't think in succession it would work, no. Because I just think it would stick out as a bit weird. And then again, Menken's there. Yeah, Menken is... I hadn't quite thought of, I hadn't quite thought of that. I didn't think of him as a villain because he doesn't quite care enough about what's going on with the main story. No. He is an obstacle. Yeah. But yeah, I suppose if... If anyone... If, if we're going to label anybody as evil, it would be him. Yeah, because he's a fascist. Yes. So you, you see a lot of succession TikToks. I do, yeah. Can you maybe talk us through some of the takes that you have had issue with, which will then bring us back around quite neatly to talking about the wronged women and horrible women, specifically mm-hmm. one, Siobhan Roy. Oh, Siobhan Roy. Um, okay, so yeah, so, so regular takes on, on, on TikTok that you politely said I disagreed with. Was that, was that your wording? Broadly. Didn't, didn't take kindly to. I could think of more potent ways of expressing that, but I'll refrain from that for the purposes of not upsetting any. Kitty Winks listening. Um, no kids I, listen to it. We, we put explicit on this. We, we, oh, fine. In which case, I'm a dog shit. <laughs> and that is... And that is... There's, there's a few different camps. There's the... Um, but there's some crossover. Yeah. Broadly, 
Um, it's the bizarrely widely held belief that of all the siblings, Shiv Roy is objectively the worst one in every capacity. Now, let's remind ourselves who <laughs> her siblings are. <laughs> We've got Connor Roy. Yeah. Deluded, trying to become president with sort of anti-tax hype. Would you, what, what, what would you call that? Libertarian. Libertarian. You've then, and, and he's the kind of irrelevant one. So he's the lesser of these evils. You then come around to... Also, you forget about Connor. He entraps a sex worker into marriage. He does somewhat. Coercive. Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's a little bit... There's, there's, there's some more interesting stuff on that later. But yeah, their, their relationship, especially in season one, is excruciating. Then you've got Kendall, who, um, you know, he did a manslaughter... Yeah, and spoilers. And then... Um, he killed a man. He killed a young man. A young caterer. Yeah, at his sister's wedding. And then covered it up. Yeah, just like let that be covered up, never admitted to it, just kind of, yeah, just live with that. So that, he ended someone's life. Never sees his children. No. Constantly endangers them. Yeah. Both with his own behaviour and with the behaviour that he vindicates in the worst elements of society through ATM. Absolutely. And that's a big part of season four. Indeed it is. Goes one step further with that in, in season four and really really doubles down in in that regard. Yeah, and tries to get full custody of his kids and then gives up on it immediately. Yes, because uh, he doesn't actually want his kids, does he? And the finally, Roman. Roman, who um, is in love with a fascist. <laughs> But he's also a serial sexual harasser. Yes, yeah, yeah. To both That's female right. members of staff at Waystar Royco, but mm-hmm. also to his own sister. Yes, yeah, frequently to his own sister. Um, that's fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you know, let's let's not forget something that I've just forgotten. I was going to say, and I've now forgotten it. Do you want to say? It? Yeah, but I've forgotten it. What else did Roman do? Let's not forget the moment in the first ever. The pilot episode of this show, where he goes to a young child playing softball, baseball, whatever, offers him one million dollars if he gets a home run, and then rips the check up in front of his face. That was one of the first things you see that man do. And people are still, and I'm not saying that she, that Chivalry is not to bad things. She is, I proudly say, a horrible woman. I've said this. However, objectively the worst, that is batshit. Here's another thing. You are not even saying that she is objectively the least bad. No, I'm just saying to say that she is the worst is ludicrous. There is no cause for debate. No, it's always in flux. That's how the whole thing works. Yeah. Is different people are are the worst at different points. And any time that one person is looking like they're maybe on the up, then someone else comes along and does something more heinous than you ever thought they were capable of. That's kind of like the whole thing. Exactly. It's kind of the whole thing of it. But exactly, any redeeming moments for any character mm-hmm. is very quickly undercut. Mm. But yeah, and, Apart from and, it is fine when women do it. So obviously, yeah. So you have always had a real—I won't say soft spot, but just no soft spot implies there's something to break through, just an mm. open spot. Yeah. Just an empty void yeah. that Shivroy fills. Oh, absolutely. She occupies her. She just nestles right in there. You're correct. And what? attracts you so much to that character? God, I think it's her position as particularly with the details of their mum being so absent, which I think is like maybe the missing puzzle piece in season one, that without the mum there, she is 
not just the only daughter, but the only woman in that family unit that's there permanently, because you then kind of later learn that Logan's kind of had a, a, a few a few different women throughout the years. A few different women. So to be the only woman, girl for a like, large portion of it, in that family unit run by that man, who very clearly has absolutely no respect for women, nor does anything, like the media, the organisation that he runs, absolutely doesn't. And has no respect for her unless she performs behaviour that he associates with masculinity, Mm -hmm. which I think is also a big thing. Absolutely, absolutely. But then equally would also expect her to, say, bear grandchildren for him and do all the other things that daughters should do. He does say that in season two. Yeah. That it's a few, presumably a few weeks after Mm -hmm. their wedding ended that he starts making fun of his son-in-law, Tom, who we've Mm -hmm. not even mentioned yet, Mm -hmm. for not getting his daughter pregnant. Yeah. So I think I think I think what Shiv Roy to me embodies represents she is the the tragic entrapment of womanhood itself. I think she embodies that in That is in, a big phrase and a, I you, I want you to explain it. Oh god, that's in case difficult. you've just made it up. No, no, well I haven't. I haven't, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I refuse to explain. Well, because it's the Oh, it's all of it, isn't it? This is hard to articulate in um, relatively short space of time. So, like, so I think it's distilled and encapsulated in her position in that family as the only woman, and then in the wider business as one of the only women. Of it being, yeah, that you're expected to perform masculine roles to earn respect, but you have to perform feminine roles in order to fulfil your duty as a woman. And regardless of what you do, you're falling short on the other one. If you try and perform masculinity, then you're not doing it right because you're a woman and you can never, ever beat through that. And it's kind of, if you lean into it, then you're fucked. If you try and lean out of it, you're fucked because you can't ever do it enough because you, you're still a woman. Even if you perform masculinity to the, to the highest degree, even if you're the most ruthless, even if you're the most everything, you're still a woman and you can never, ever win. That's... Very fair. Okay, now I suppose it's time to talk more specifically about the finale and how the show ends. Why don't you quickly just run us through the major events of the finale? So the finale is is starting off under the the premise that it's going to be a Shiv versus Kendall head-to-head at the board meeting. Kendall is going to try and swallow, well not swallow, just take over the company. And he he did plan to swallow Gojo as well, but that seems to be like... The reverse Viking. Yeah. Shiv is poised as the US CEO for Matson to take over with. Lucas Matson is a Swedish tech entrepreneur mm-hmm. played by Alexander Skarsgård mm-hmm. who is looking who is looking at the end of season 3 to totally acquire Waystar Royco, mm-hmm. the family company. Um and because of the fascist president they may or may not have got elected, the idea of having a US CEO to appease him is appealing so that it's not just being taken over by a foreign Company, so and the Shiv is maybe that. Yeah, and the assumption is that that will be Shiv. Yes, that's where we start off. It very quickly dissolves, doesn't it? Very quickly, those illusions are shattered. There are obvious tensions with Shiv and Matson. There's a cartoon in a magazine that kind of has her puppeting him, and then very quickly she is called by her mother, one of the other lovely, horrible women in this series who I enjoy so much. Played by Harriet Walter, legend icon. She is the moment to join her in the Caribbean for just a little retreat because Romans had it tough. He got beaten up really badly. Except he didn't really. He just walked into a crowd. But... Walked into a crowd and started fighting the crowd. Mm-hmm. And it, then it wasn't a violent mob. No. But he, he he wouldn't have you believe that, would he? No. No. Um, 
but crucially Shiv wants to go there to get Roman on her side because currently Shiv and Kendall are trying to get enough board votes to win and they're both in a little bit of a Shiv's looking like she's got more in the bag but you can always do with more on side so mm-hmm. it's Roman he's a key board vote and currently he's, you know, seems to be abstaining. So she's going to go zoom, zoom over there in the private jet and persuade him. Kendall gets wind of the same thing. And they're all a family retreat. And very quickly it transpires that, in fact, Matson is not going to pick Shiv as the US CEO. Yeah, and we talked a bit about this off mic of why that might be. Mm-hmm. Another important plot detail this season is that Shiv is pregnant. Pregnante. And for a long time doesn't tell any of the other characters. Probably because the majority of the season takes place over consecutive days. Oh, it's brilliant. So it's not like a huge amount of time is passing in in which she's choosing not to Mm -hmm. tell anyone, especially considering the first time we, the audience, find out Mm -hmm. that she's pregnant is the day after Logan, their father, has died. Yes. So maybe that's not entirely the right time. But but by the finale, that information is out. Mm -hmm. And everyone, including her husband, Tom, knows. And that the baby is his. Yes. So. Unfortunately. Yes, you have feelings about it. I have strong, unfortunate feelings about it. So, yeah, they head to the Caribbean, and why don't we just talk about everything leading up to that? Leading up to what? Them going, no, just them going to like the, the opening part of the episode. When Caroline, their mother, mm-hmm. says, Oh, you're one of your brothers that isn't Kendall here. Did a part of you wonder if Connor had shown up in Barbados? <laughs> who, for context, if you've not watched the show, isn't Caroline's son. He's from Logan's first marriage. Mm, um, no, a part of me did not wonder that. I assumed it was Rowan immediately, but it would be very That'd funny be very if it funny was Connor. If he was just like hanging out in Barbados and he was doing that to get Shiv there. I really like the idea of Shiv and Kendall as sort of head to head, just because I think throughout the show, some of my favourite scenes have been scenes with those two. Mm-hmm. There's really not been a huge amount with them, though. I mean, you get a lot of Shiv and Roman Mm -hmm. and Kendall and Roman. Yeah. Kendall and Shiv, you don't get as a pair that often. And when you do, it's usually very effective. Yeah. And very heartbreak. Partly because they're so similar. Mm. They're both eager to please their father, but not in the sort of servile, grasping way that Roman is. Mm. They're keen to sort of prove themselves as independent people worthy of his legacy indeed rather than effectively carrying out all his desires yes as Roman does yeah and I think that they are both sort of different sides of the closest thing Logan really has to paternal love yes I would agree that in Kendall you see Logan hoping to see parts of himself Mm -hmm. I genuinely think that at least in Logan's mind Mm -hmm he would like Kendall to be more like him and therefore he would love him more. The problem with that is that it's A, it's conditional love, but that Logan, who doesn't come from the same amount of wealth Mm -hmm. that Kendall does as a result of Logan's success, is forged in very different circumstances. Mm -hmm. So he's he's, he's never going to be exactly the same. No. Not possible. But I don't know if Logan could ever love anything that didn't remind him of himself. I agree. And anything that reminded him of himself, but with flaws that he found abhorrent, is as offensive Mm -hmm. as it would be lovely if the best case scenario Mm -hmm. happened for him and Kendall was just Logan (laughs) 2.0. Logan 2.0. But I think that's also why he gets so close to Matson. Yeah. Because he sees him as sort of an upstart in the way that he used to be. Yeah. A guy that's not had quite the same leg up early on. Yeah. And there's a scene very early in the series in season one where 
Kendall says, you're so jealous of everything that you've given your own children. Yeah. And Gorgeous think, line. And I think that hangs over everything. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You can't stand what you're giving your own kids because you didn't have it. Oh, yum, yum. So going into that finale, thinking it was going to be a big head-to-head between mm. Shim and Kendall, I was very excited because mm-hmm. you don't see a huge amount of them together. No. And you, And when you see them together, you understand more the things that do divide them. Yes. And what the differences are. I think Shiv, I think, has a degree more self-awareness than Kendall. Yeah, definitely. And Kendall is very, very conscious of how the world sees him. Yeah. But not particularly conscious of how he is and how he's acting. Agree, agree. Yeah, definitely. So, whereas I think Shiv, I think she has more of a larger moral conscience Mm -hmm. that... Albeit she constantly flexible. ignores. A flexible, no, one that she constantly ignores. Mm. So, yeah, I think I think that's a, an important point. Is that I don't think it's that she doesn't have one. No. As I've seen the dog shit TikTok commentators suggest, I do think it's that she ignores it. I agree, yeah. and it only ever screws herself over in the process. But as I've well, seen, other people. But I've seen some people say the reason why they think that Shiv is the worst. Mm-hmm is because she knows better or should know better. She should know better. But I think that that is a more interesting take on it. If she claims to... I I think that it's the hypocrisy of Shiv that they find... I agree. ...so apart, but that also... I don't think it's worse. I think it's unpalatable. I think it's... I agree. And it also forces a lot of viewers, particularly female viewers, Mm -hmm. to sort of view their own complicity Mm -hmm. in a system that is fundamentally still quite patriarchal. Absolutely. But I think that also leads you to forget that so much of Kendall's development has been about waging a moral crusade against his father. We wonder, yeah, if, if you if you want to talk about hypocrisy... Of course. Kendall Roy's right there. Yeah. He's getting, going on and on about Shiv stabbing him in the back. You know, oh, you're such a piece of shit human being in the last episode. He's stabbing people in the back going to see the whole time. He's already stabbed his own brother in the back. An episode prior, going to Frank, saying, hey, actually, uh... One head, one crown, just me. I don't think one was cut up for it. And now he's like, Shiv, you fucking bitch, you piece of shit. They're all hypocrites. That's the point. She's not actually more hypocritical than the others. In this essay, I, I will not do it right now. I think she's more hypocritical than Roman, who yes. sort of wears the sort of that... villainy in the way that Logan did, but mm. A, less convincingly, and B, it's a sort of, it's a more grasping, servile villainy yeah. rather than like a magnificent bastard villainy. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, I do think that Shiv and Kendall are united by their mutual desire to be at least seen as good people. Mm-hmm. I agree. And to be better than their father. I agree. Whereas um, Roman wants to be as bad as his father. A line in this episode, before I forget, about Shiv, that I'm so glad to have from Tom, because this is what I have envisioned for her since day one. This is what I've had in my little mind tank. I thought, I think I know you. I think I know you. And I think, I think you're what a lot of little girls would become under this exact pressure cooker environment. I think that's why I have that empty void of her and I'm like, God, I, I get it. Not I'm not there, but if I was there, I'd be there. Is the line from Tom, which is, you don't like to fail a test, do you, Shiv? I astral projected to year eight when I cried getting a 70% on a maths test. I understand. I also do not like to fail a test. I think her relationship with Tom, obviously this season being more strained than it's been at any other point... Mm-hmm even though it's been strained from day one, mm. but they are actively separated this season. Yeah. I think them forcing to properly evaluate whether they stay together or mm. break up for good, it's really helped develop both those characters. Yeah, definitely. And flesh that out more, without ever resorting to very heavy-handed 
exposition of mm. when they first got together. We we get a bit of detail, but get everything detail, that feels organic nothing, to their conversation, yeah, it never feels contrived. We get a bit of detail, but not all of it. And I really like all the Shiv and Tom stuff mm. this season. Yeah, I do. I mean, I hate it, but I love it. Sure. Yeah. I've seen some people say, and again, this is just Twitter, mm-hmm. say, what's interesting is that everyone ends up back where they started at the beginning of season one. Yeah. And I don't agree uh-huh. with that take at all. I think Kendall kind of does, except he goes back to a version of himself in season one, but with none of the people around him no. that could have helped him. No. And I think none of the the same hope that it might change. Exactly. Because, to be honest, they were all kind of looking forward to their dad dying. Yeah. And now it's happened, and now what? Everything's worse yep. for them. Yeah. Or for him, at least. Yeah, yeah. I think that Roman... I genuinely think Roman could move past this. Mm-hmm. I think it'd take a lot, but, I, you know. But I think that his... I, I can't really think of him having an arc this season as much as he's had a series of ups and downs. A series of breakdowns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, exactly. And I think that something that's so amazing about Kieran Culkin's mm. performance is that when he's at his lowest, you forget how insufferable he was at his highest. Yeah, it's, it's so easy to forget how vile he is when he's being vile. When he's at a low point. He's so pathetic. You feel so bad for him. And then it, in the space of an episode, you can go from that to, oh, he's really pushing very hard to get a fascist elected. And he's being so unbearable about it. Not that there's a, like a nice way to do that, but you know, he's being particularly unbearable about it. Yeah. And then an episode later, oh, he's crying. And, and he's getting beaten up by yeah. people he's attacked. <laughs> In the same scene. Yeah. He's insufferably attacking people mm-hmm. and then he's getting beaten up by those people because yeah. there's a lot of them. Mm. And then you feel sorry for him again. It's honestly Remarkable. one of my favourite performances of this season. It's gorgeous. It's, it's so good. And yeah, it's not... A lot of the time when something gets a lot of praise, it's because it's not particularly subtle. And I don't think it's a subtle performance. I think it's a totally lived-in and embodied performance of someone under excruciating circumstances. Yes, I agree. And I think he does that really, really well. And I'm also very happy that both him and Cyrus Nook are being put forward... Oh, thank God, finally. ...for for leads, because... They've been leads for ages. Well, I think from the beginning they always have been, but it kind of... For each of them, they needed. They had a season where they were sort of the focus. For mm. Shiv, it was season two. For Roman, it was season three. And it looked like for Tom, it would be season four. And it was a bit, but to be honest, it kind of went back to Kendall a bit. Mm-hmm. But I think Tom had a, had a lot of stuff. Speaking of which, Tom and Greg's relationship entered a new phase. Didn't it just? So fight, fight, fight. Can we? T- it just. I don't know anyone that would listen to this having not ever seen Succession. No. But maybe for Francesca, when he listens back to this edit, yeah. he has never seen an episode of Succession. Has he not? No. Get how, him on it. How would you talk about Tom and Greg's relationship? If you had to give a brief rundown of it. <sighs> Tom and Greg. Tom, at the beginning, is at least ostensibly the lowest status character of the main roster that you're introduced to. Sure. He's the pathetic one. He's um, debating with Shiv and... like agonisingly about what gift to give Logan for his birthday, knowing full well that he won't give a shit either way because that man has everything and doesn't respect him anyway. He's absolutely the most pathetic one. Ding dong, ding dong, the doorbell's ringing, who's there? It's Greg, and he's even more pathetic. Greg is their cousin um, who doesn't really have a relationship with him. He's turned up. He, one of his he's first the, scenes... He's, he Greg is the out. grandson of Logan's estranged older mm. brother. One of his first scenes, he pukes out of the eyes of a theme park mascot costume. That is where we meet Greg. Isn't that the opening scene of the show? It's the opening scene well, of the show. He no, pukes. no, sorry. The opening scene is Logan at his lowest. He's peeing in a cupboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Greg's opening scene yeah, is... Yeah, I think it's a very early scene. Yes, it is. It's, it's him puking out of the eyes of mascot costumes. So he turns up, and what you see from Tom is this remarkable and instant shift. He turns around, just whips around, but he sniffs out the one person that's lower on the ladder than him. And you think, maybe he's going to be... No, he's not nice. He's not nice. He's instantly... He sniffs him out. He's like a shark. Turns on Greg. But over the course of it has this strange relationship where he's kind of his mentor but also his tormentor and it's this horrible symbiotic parasite relationship between the two of them where they serve each other and and it's and, yeah. that, and that's the thing Tom essentially looks after Greg's incredible and unlikely rise through the company <laughs> and, and to the point where if you weren't aware there it is a very popular fan theory that Greg was going to become Greg CEO Greg will win succession Here's what you may have missed in this episode's Succession. Diltius you might have missed about the character of Greg on Succession. He does things like lie and burn things. Like, when people use... Major plot points as small details. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, their argument's insane. It's not an Easter egg, it's literally the script. But Greg is, you know, a very popular character, and I think he's played very well by Nicholas yeah, yeah. Braun. I think his relationship with Tom... Mm. It does change and it does develop, and mm-hmm. not least because Greg is constantly betraying Tom. Yeah. And that's the thing that is really funny, that people act like it's a secret that Greg is this Machiavellian mastermind. Ev- everybody and knows it. Yeah, and Tom knows it. Yes. Constantly. Tom, it, Tom is proud of it. The first time it's fully revealed to him, when Greg tries to gently blackmail him, and he goes... In season two. Greg, are you... Blackmail Are you asking me, permission Greg? to blackmail? Asking permission to blackmail me, Greg? And he's and he's pleased about it. Yeah. And it's almost like the more Greg tries to betray Tom and, you know, eventually by extension Logan, mm. the more he needs Tom's help to get him out of it. Mm. So Tom has someone that is totally reliant on his patronage. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a genuinely wonderful relationship. But they do get into a reciprocal fist fight in a toilet in a toilet it's more of a slap fight yeah it's not it's not after greg's latest betrayal they do come out of the toilet with kind of roughed up hair and wonky ties which is quite funny (laughs) oh this was meant to be just on the first bit of Mm. the finale but moving on when they get to barbados their mum's there and she wants all to be happy families all to be happy families nice dinner together Darlings. And the dinner... No fighting, please. Don't talk about business. Horrible business. She's very old money English of enjoying the security of immense wealth, but refusing to talk about... Get into the gory details, doesn't bear thinking about. You know who doesn't mind talking about the gory details? Hmm. Peter Munyon. Peter Munyon! Who is Caroline's new husband as of season three, who pitches them a horrible new idea for a company... And about old people's homes. And they leave halfway through it to go back to conspiring. <laughs> but it becomes clear that Tom... So it becomes clear that Matson is interviewing other CEOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not quite clear that he has, at this point, offered it to Tom. Indeed. But it is clear to the audience. Yeah. But Greg betrays Tom by telling Kendall, who he has an in with, and they've always had a sort of side mm. relationship. Like a kind of side hustle going on it's like you've kind of got to keep you know tom i i can't just have you i need to have other connections <laughs> i don't think that's a line this is an impression it isn't a line now i'm just trying to shit no it's good though the, oh thank you and <laughs> also it's presumably it's implied that it's confirmed by matson's 
head of comms, Ebba, mm-hmm. who is... Poor Ebba. Poor Ebba, who he is a serial harasser to. Mm-hmm. And that basically gets Shiv on side, and the idea is that the three of them are going to go in as a united front and convince the board not to sell yes. to Madsen. For which they're going to need, really, one head of, head of state. Well, I don't think it's... So- It's phrased like that by Mm. the characters, but I think what it comes down to more is no one will think Roman is up to it anymore because of the last few days. Yeah, and Shiv was, up until three minutes ago, adamantly on the other side. So it makes her look wobbly if she's like, I'm now on this So the only person who has been... Consistently that way. Is Kendall. Yeah. And it's there as a compromise. Mm. The problem then is that Kendall sees it as a coronation Mm. and a vindication of... Everything he believes. Finally, he, he is the number one boy, and this is proof. Exactly, rather than the reality, which is neither. This is the only option we have. Yeah, <laughs> and we're not happy about it. Yeah. And immediately he starts being insufferable. Yeah. Which yeah. causes Shiv to very quickly change her mind. <laughs> Queen. To, I think the final set piece yeah. scene of the uh, of the series, mm. where it's the three of them arguing. She's saying, in I'm a changing room. my mind. And Kendall immediately going into hurtful Mm. personal attacks on both her and his brother. Yeah. Roman also goes back at him. And it's very hard to watch. It's horrible. It's hideous. But I think that when Shiv indicates that she's going to be walking away Mm. from it, you can't help but feel a bit happy for all of them. Yeah. That they're going to be free of it. If they choose to be. Yes. If they choose to let go, there will be nothing keeping them to this mm. horrible year in their lives. It's essentially been a year and a bit. Yeah. The whole series. God. <laughs> and that's, I find that really interesting mm. that the characters by the end of the series are all given a shot at redemption in some way. Yes. And it's up to them now what they do with it. Yes. Having said that, I think that in many ways, Shiv, by staying with Tom, who has been crowned the new CEO. Good God, sorry. That's really making I think she has devastated. The, I think she has the least chance of walking away. I don't know. No? I feel like it's still Kendall. In that I don't see a world where Kendall can let that go. But that's on him personally, not because right. of external factors. No, okay. That's, okay. that's what I mean. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I think internally, in- I agree, he is the least likely to let it go. In which case, Whereas fine. Shiv... By being still married to Tom and having Tom's child... God, don't get me started. She is still going to be so wrapped up in that world and yeah. everything she has given up. But either way, she was giving it up to Kendall. Yes. It's important yeah, yeah. to remember that Kendall would have betrayed all yeah, of them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Either way... She'd have lost. Yeah. It's question is... Am she I might as with... well lose and maybe keep the husband unless she decides to let it down the line. That's not going to work anyway. But, you know... Or... And also, you know not put Kendall in a position where he destroys himself even yeah, more. Yeah, and it's going to go ape shit and, yeah, go fucking nut-nut. <laughs> fucking blow this shit to the ground. Nut-nut And he shows himself he's physically violent towards his brother. Yeah, it's And, bad. you know, as much as I don't particularly like Roman as a character, nor do I think I'm particularly meant to, No. it is very hard to watch. It's, 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 it's horrible. It's bone-chilling. Moments of... It, it's not, like... Chaotic fighting, no, like no, Tom it's, and Greg. It's, it's sinister, controlled violence, which I think is interesting when you've previously seen Kendall be the one that shouts at Logan for hitting Roman back yeah. in series two, two. Mm-hmm. 
and he slaps him and he's like don't you fucking touch him and obviously it's not physical violence but tom calling shiv unhinged very recently and him being like what's your fucking mouth tom he's sort of whilst logan was there in some capacity maybe being a protector of the other two at some point against logan's violence whether that be verbal or physical and now he's turned around and been the um the, the 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 perpetrator yeah is the abused becomes the abuser yeah and Directly in real that, time, you know, and we've seen that with Roman, mm. and we've seen it to an extent in Sh- more, oh, yeah, more than yeah. neglected becomes a neglector with Shiv, to be honest. Yeah, I think that it's really heartbreaking that as long as this poison chalice is in sight, none of them can ever grow. Yep. As long as it is possible to take it over, mm. they are in this sort of. It state needs of, to be put in the bin, and it is. And by bin, we mean Tom. And by bin, Tom is a human bin. I don't like the man. I don't like the man. And uh, yeah, he's one of my favourite characters, but I also don't like the man. He's a silly man. He's a silly man. He's a very silly man. I think I'm just not going to have him be called the people's princess, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, a lot of people are calling him People are like, he's Princess Diana. And you're like, watch your mouth. If you had to talk to someone now who had never seen an episode of Succession, but somehow made it to the end of this episode... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'd say... What are you doing? <laughs> Make better decisions. Yeah. But how would you try to convince someone... To bother watching the rest of it when they've just heard what happens at the end? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I have, I have a pitch for that anyway. Okay, well, actually, I want to hear it. I think because the ending is is sort of... Yes, it's kind of inevitable, but to see how how they get there, that's that's the point. It's not... You, like the, you know, it's the journey, not the destination. And to see... It's the jam, not the donut. Exactly, to see how they crumble and to be able to dissect in real time why this had to happen. Mm-hmm. A delectable meal. Very delectable. Mm. All right, well, I think we have to end it there because you have somewhere to be. I do. And I will drive you to the station. Oh, thank you. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much, Antonia. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, you can follow us on socials at BCU Watch Pod on Twitter and BC- at BCU Watch Podcast on Instagram. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Thanks again, Antonio. Take care. Bye. Bye.